Now here's a brief moment on another great podcast from the Osiris Network. All of our podcasts can be found at OsirisPod.com. I'm Gary. I'm Sean. And I'm Brad. And together we cast a pod known as Which Which is is Better? You guys ever wonder which is better? Well, wonder no more. Join us as we tackle the topics. We seek understanding. And we settle the debate on all the subjects you care about. DC versus Marvel. Prince versus Michael Jackson. Liberals versus conservatives. King Kong versus Godzilla. Bruce Lee versus Jackie Chan. Science versus religion. And many more. That's us. Which Which is better? Which is better? Welcome to Female Centrics. This is Donnie B, and we are the first female hosted fish community podcast. And this episode uh, has been inspired by one of the recent dinner and a movies, which they covered the 72197 Virginia Beach shows. Um, that that was the kickoff to the um, summer of 97 tour, which I did that whole tour and it was one of those transforming times in my life. So before we start, I just wanted to uh, mention a couple things that I have been up to. Um, so on April 5th, I just started getting all full of myself and calling the beginning of the 4.0 era. So I posted something on Instagram about it, how I felt it really began on March 18th when Trey really Trey released his little pre-recording of one of the songs that um, Tom has written lost in the pack um, from the, since, since the uh, pandemic started. And, you know, I had a few people, you know, agree, a handful of people, and then other people, you know, like, no way, it's not happening, you know, that kind of thing. And so I had a podcast um, interested in speaking to me uh, called Bariga Pod. And so on April 26th, uh, the podcast called Bariga Pod, uh, which you can find on your Apple iTunes and whatnot, um, released an episode called Maybe So, Maybe Not, where he interviews me and we discuss the potential of fish moving into 4.0, and which on I think May 1st, they finally called it. So, um, had a feeling that's what was happening. Not that it really matters either way, but you know, <laughs> anyway. And then the other episode, the other podcast I was on is by my friend, Caitlin and Chris, and they have a podcast called Pandemic. And on April 27th, they released an episode interviewing me about what I am doing with my outdoor classroom um, uh, business that I have, our outdoor or outdoor education business that I have called I, um, Eyes the World Nature Immersion. And essentially what pandemic is all about is just sort of what fans are doing during this pandemic and how it's affecting them and whatnot. So I discussed the 
piece of education and maybe some ideas for people to do with their children during this time and whatnot. So I was really uh, pretty excited to be part of both of those podcasts. So, And uh, just as a reminder, we are part of the Osiris Podcast Network, and there's still some great things being pumped out there. And a way that you can find out is to subscribe to The Daily Drop which is hosted by RJB, who hosts uh, the who's the CEO of Osiris uh, Podcast Network, as well as a helping he hosts a helping friendly um, podcast. So, uh, if you want to check out to see what's going on with Osiris, go to the Daily Drop. Um, so today, our co-host is Miss Mary. Welcome, Mary. Hi, Don. Thanks for having me again. Of course. Always, always. So I know, Mary, you were not able to do much of that summer of 97 tour. You were able No. So, Go yeah, ahead. 97 was um, the summer going into my senior year of college. And so at that point in my life, I was in, um, I was kind of putting the, setting the gear shift for the high gear of my academic soul <laughs> and uh, trying to make up for some lost time so I could graduate on time. Yes. So my only uh, summer tour experience that year was the uh, limestone shows. And, you know, you can imagine the excitement, right? I mean, it's the end of the tour. You're traveling so far. I feel like those times of our lives, you know, we were just young adults and um, just kind of like eager to have our own experiences. And going up to limestone was so exciting. And then sadly... Um, that first night of getting there and finally getting our camp situated, it poured rain and it led to me getting so sick that I only really got to see, I was trying to remember, I think I saw the first set and I attempted the second set. I left during the second set of that first uh-huh. show and ended up into <clears throat> going to the hospital uh-huh. and which sadly led to, you know, just a series of being sick for a long period of time and then having to get my tonsils taken out. Aww. But uh, so it was a total downer. And of course, everybody um, in my group, they all stayed at the show except, you know, Justin, who is my now husband, but was my boyfriend at the time. Um, you know, a true you. testament to our relationship <laughs> yeah. is that he uh, he gave up the show and stayed with me at a hotel in Caribou, Maine after my hospital. Solidified stint. the ring on your fingers many years, mm-hmm. <laughs> many years later. <laughs> but you know what's so funny is when I got to the hospital, because that whole day I was just trying to like make myself feel better so I could be okay. And so I was like drinking tea and resting. And so by the time I got to the hospital, you know, when they were admitting me, they were um, asking, they must have asked me like five times if I was on drugs because they couldn't, they almost couldn't believe when I said no. You know, they were like, you're at that concert. You must be on drugs. Everybody's <laughs> on drugs there. You're like, no. <laughs> but I can only imagine. So I'd love to know, um, you know, because I know you did the whole tour and that yeah. was your first like whole tour experience. And Second, because so we you did the just... whole summer of 96 as well. Oh, you did. Yeah, I did. Oh, I did. My That's God. a whole that other episode awesome. one of these days. Yeah. <laughs> no, so you had just graduated from college. No. So I um I did I was not um 
I did not ever set my gear shift in the high gear gear of my <laughs> academic soul, and it took <laughs> it took me five years to graduate college. So. Oh, okay, all right, because I because I thought you would, you know, after your trip, that's what led you out west, and so um, yeah, no, I it, it, in theory it did, but I still had another year to to okay. to crank out before we went out there. Yeah, so no, I mean this was a so it was a it was a three week tour, um, starting on. Uh, in uh, July 21st and ending with the Great Went on August 16th. And what was really special about this tour in particular is that they... This was like the one like I we were able to like really see the entire country because right. it was Virginia, North Carolina, Georgia, and then across the bottom, Dallas, Austin, Phoenix, and then up the West Coast, Ventura, Shoreline, Gorge, and then atop the cross. And it was atop the cross, atop, atop, atop of the cross. No, no, cro- across the top <laughs> of Missouri <laughs> and then Tinley Park, Illinois, Alpine Valley, Deer Creek. Star Lake, Pennsylvania, Darien, New York, and then the Great Went. So, um, so yeah. So we started off in Virginia Beach. We had our Ford S10 pickup truck that we converted the back into. Well, we had moved into it uh, in June. So we had already been, you know, kind of homeless and. I think we we're living in Salem. I, if I remember correctly, we were like living at like rest stops in Salem or whatever, <laughs> Salem, Mass. And uh, we had our dog Caspian with us and our friends hung on to our cat poster nut bag. She did not have to travel just yet. Um, <laughs> and uh, and we came up with this recipe of this Guadalupe style bean burrito. I don't know. It was a sauce that... Just, now, had you tried several recipes before perfecting this one? Uh, I, I, <laughs> I want, I think so. I think so. I, you know, what it was, we would just get these big giant cans of beans and one big giant can of, of like corn. And we actually added, added hominy after a little while, but it was never any cheese. And it was just the sauce. And we would go to the rest stops before the shows and crank out a um, hundred burritos because we figured if we did a hundred burritos and we sold them for two dollars a piece, we would make fifty dollars because about fifty dollars to put into it, and it would be a hundred and fifty dollars, which was enough money to get us to the next show, get us, you know, and kind of had our tickets beforehand, but gas, food, everything. But that's how cheap everything was back then, right? You know, right? Um, so you know, we started Virginia Beach, Raleigh. It was pouring rain. And we did not have tickets to that. And I, and I remember being in the back of our truck with our dog. So what we would do is we had our mattress back then. We had all our stuff back there. And then when we would stop, we would take everything and put it in the front in the cab. And then, oh my God. yes, every single time. And this wasn't a regular size truck. This is a teeny little truck, you know? So it was enough yeah. to fit like a twin size bed. And, you know, so for us to sleep at our dog, who was, you know, a little bit smaller, Caspian was, and, uh, and so rally was pouring and we're in the back of the truck making burritos in the pouring rain. Just, Oh my gosh. Super hygienic. Of course. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Whatever. <laughs> and then, so we didn't get to that when we went down to Atlanta, we got shut out of Atlanta and then um, those Dallas and Austin shows what we did. So that was the 23rd. So we didn't have to be in Phoenix until the 29th. So my uh, mom grew up in Arkansas and my grandparents were still alive and down there. So we just cruised right to Arkansas and stayed there for a couple of days. Mm-hmm. So that was really good. So meanwhile, we're rolling into 
deep Arkansas with the patchwork clothes and the dog and the hairy armpits and the, you know, I think Jeremy may or may not have dreads at the, I mean, we were just, you know, Papa was like, ah, okay. You know, (laughs) (laughs) what happened to the little girl I used to love? (laughs) Exactly. Exactly. Um, and then I just it just is hot and, you know, driving across, the, you know, the the Texas, you know, whatever is it that the the handle there up there and straight across and uh, and into Phoenix. So Phoenix was, um, you know, approximately 5000 degrees. <laughs> just, oh, I can only imagine. Yeah. Yeah. It was so freaking hot. And and um, we. I know, uh, like, um, so we had our dogs with us and what we did was we attached, we opened up our car, our truck and attached it to the side of an opened up VW bus and Mm -hmm. put like curtains down and just tied our dogs to the inside of there with all the windows open and all of our stuff exposed. And it was fine. Like, no, no big deal. Like, Wow. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. And then, you know, so after that, we went off, we took off and we went to Sedona because we went to go visit a friend um, there. And then I remember for some reason we decided not to, we, we, I think we went into some, it was like one of those rainbow marts. I don't know if you, if they were ever out here on the East coast, they were like those like wholesale, like these companies would buy these, like, you know, like sell out, you know, at, at what we found were cases of giant cans of Arizona iced tea. Okay. Yeah. And we're like, all right, there, we got it for a dollar a piece. We're like score, you know, <laughs> so I get, like bought like a hundred dollars worth of like these, you know, cans of whatever. And we're like, yeah, we'll sell them for two bucks and it'll be the same thing where, you know, whatever. We don't have to sit and make the freaking, you know, cause I think, right. oh, you know what, this <laughs> I remember going into Phoenix, we stopped up in the hills and it was snowing. And I remember, yes, making burritos in the back of our car during a snowstorm at a rest stop (laughs) (laughs) and then coming back down into the like Death Valley. And it was so hot. We had no air conditioning. We were just drinking gallons of water and we had black vinyl seats. It was so hot. It was just so hot. Um, So we pick up these cases of... Arizona iced tea and then proceed to try to drive over the Western mountains there, which did not go very well at all. It completely like, like we kept run like, um, uh, overheating and all of that. So finally we're like, Oh, you know, we get over and we get to the East coast. We drive, I mean, sorry, the West coast, we drive up cause we didn't go to Ventura beach and drive up the West and we get to shoreline and we're all excited. We're going to sell these Arizona iced teas and nobody wanted them. Oh no. <laughs> yeah. Like, Oh no. He's right. Exactly. I'm like, what do we do? We're like, Oh, it's a court. That's a cor-, you know, the curse of the, of the Guadalupe style bean burritos like coming at us. Because, <laughs> <laughs> you know, Derby had like a big sombrero. We had a hat that we, I mean like this big hat and we danced <laughs> in a song. <laughs> Do you remember the song? Yes. Um, I, I, I mean, you're going to have to perform it. It's yes. like an early advertisement. All right. It kind of went like, well, it went, I think it was just this repeating that just went Guadalupe style. And then Jeremy would say bean burritos. And then we just repeated that over oh, no. and over again. <laughs> 
Nice. <laughs> and he'd pretend like he was sleeping. And we had this big sign. Uh, I don't know how uh, politically correct the whole thing really was with our giant sombrero. And <laughs> I don't know. I think it was like murmuring like Spanish, like just like five words over and over again. <laughs> just <laughs> But like we pack these things up and put them in our big giant camping backpack and actually bring them into the concert with us and then leave at like the very last note of encore and be the first people that people see. And just I remember just being surrounded by people and there were two bucks each and we'd have them up in our hands and people would just be like, boo, boo, boo. and then some people would be like, I'm hungry. You want something free? And like, eh, yep, handing out some free, some just some, some people just grabbing them from our bag and running. But we would be sold out every night within 10 minutes and then hit lot and go from there. Because amazing. Yeah. Yeah. You know, and I mean, I guess it tasted good. And it's funny because I mentioned something. I put it something on, on uh, Fish Chicks with because I found that sign recently and I posted and two girls were like, oh, my God, I love your burritos. I totally remember you guys. <laughs> like, I'm like, oh, you, you made it. No, no. Uh, you know, you guys are OK. <laughs> <laughs> well they live they're okay now exactly exactly but um but yeah so so we went from you know phoenix and then we stopped by in portland and we picked up a buddy of ours and went up to the gorge and you know it, it's funny because it's like i you know i guess and everybody's like well done it was 25 years ago but like i remember everything about all the details about life and there's so many things that are just you know if it's so for the gorge we we're there for two nights and the only thing i remember is one of the nights we did not have tickets for so we um we didn't we didn't have tickets for us so we um had to sneak in and we snuck in around some ragged fence of sorts and I got pushed over over the top and went down the side and I tore my leg open and I still have a scar to this day where I probably should have gotten a tetanus shot and some stitches but you know tore <laughs> just, yep yep yeah <laughs> um Bye. You're committed. You were committed to get in. And you know what I mean? Absolutely. Absolutely. Um, oh, and I forgot. Like, so when we were in Shoreline before that, you know, this infamous venue or whatever. So we're on we're on lot. And I look over and I see this dude and I'm like, holy shit. I'm like, yeah, that guy's famous. I'm like, who is he? Who is he? So do you know the name off the top of your head? Danny Cooksey? No, not at all. Okay, you will know who he is. He was um, Little Sam on Different Strokes, as well as Butnick on um, Salute Your Shorts. Well, wait, wait, I definitely remember Sam from Different Strokes. Yes. Like a red-haired kid, right? Yes, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so I look over and I'm like, hey, you! And I, instead of Different Strokes, I want to say, what was the other um, the other sitcom with the rich kid? Um the, Silver Spoons? Yes, yeah. I'm like, hey, you are on Silver Spoons. <laughs> He's like, <laughs> oh my God. Yeah. He goes, uh, different strokes. I was like, oh yeah, different strokes. I'm like, what you talking about? <laughs> oh God. <laughs> <laughs> That is so funny. Oh yeah, so he's a huge fish fan. We saw, sat like you know, shot the shit with him for a little bit because he was also on Butnick. Do you remember? He was also Butnick on um, no. Butnick on that. And it was a camp show, show called Salute Your Shorts. And I don't know. Oh my God. Yeah, I have Ryan's, no idea what yeah, Ryan's is. shaking his head because that was more of his generation. Uh, <laughs> I think I was babysitting when I <laughs> when I knew that one. But um, 
but uh yeah so then we you know we kind of went back and forth and you know i went to back to portland oregon for a minute and then we you know we decided we were going to kind of skip over the missouri show and so you know on the way out there we're driving out and i remember being in wyoming so um we stopped at a rest stop and uh there was this kid there you know the hippie fish kid of sorts hitchhiking and so we picked him up of course and then we thought threw him in the back and you know we had the sliding glass door and so we're shooting the shit so um flashback to ventura which i was i didn't go to so you remember my buddy timmy that passed away a few years ago yes so Mm -hmm. so timmy which we're actually coming up on his 10-year anniversary of him passing this next october uh this october coming up and we're going to be having an entirely different podcast just on Timmy's stories because my God, that man. Um, but, uh, so, so we had heard that in Ventura, Timmy had passed out in the lot and like just asked out, just, you know, splayed out in the middle of the lot, last person there. And there was this car that picked him up. They were like, well, you're a tour kid, like threw him in the back of it. And Timmy like woke up halfway to freaking, you know, the next show kind of thing, you know, going up to shoreline. And, um, so, so this kid who we picked up hitchhiking, he starts telling him, like, we're like, oh, you know, how's your tour band, this and that? He's like, great, you know, whatever it was. He's like, I was in this car for this time. He's like, yeah, it's crazy. You know, I was in this one car in Ventura Beach, and, you know, we're pulling out of the parking lot, and we look over, and there's just this dude just passed out in the middle of the freaking lot. He's like, so, you know, we just pick him up, put him in our car. We had no way to, I'm, I just, I'm like, shut your face. I'm like, you picked up Timmy? He's like, you know Timmy? We're like, <laughs> it's like one of these you know quote you know like now it's like hashtag only on fish tour you know (laughs) right yeah (laughs) yep Um, it's really a small world isn't it it is it is definitely so you know so we cut across we went through there we went over we went to tinley which uh in illinois which we didn't have tickets to and so but we are outside the venue and I remember being out there. You could see the lights. You could hear the show perfectly. And we had Caspian with us. And they went into Prince Caspian. And Caspian went nuts. He just started running towards the venue. I'd be like, what, Caspian, where are you going? Like, you know, <laughs> chasing after me. He was all excited to hear his name and and, and, uh, and whatnot. And then, you know, so, um, so, you know, going across that and then... You know, my big, my, I would say like the big piece of what happened to me on, on that summer tour was, um, that, so we were at Deer Creek and it was my birthday. So August 11th is my birthday and we were at the birth, you know, Deer Creek and, uh, Jeremy and I were just dancing. It was a great show, whatever. And all of a sudden I turned and he's just, you know, he's just gone. I'm like, what that, you know, where the hell did you go? Like he just disappeared. And I'm like, whatever. It was, it was during run like an antelope. I'm like, oh, he's running like, you know. Whatever. And then like two yeah. seconds later, he comes like running past me again. I'm like, where are you going? He's like, don't worry about it. I'm like, oh, okay. So he just takes off. I'm like, whatever. So on the way here, I was actually listening to it because I was like, I know the exact moment it ended up happening. And while I was listening on the way here, it was just one of those just chills head to toe because you just relive it. But it was right at the point where it was like, you know, run, 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 run. And the climax yep. building up to that. So for all of you to like listen to this run like an antelope, because it is just off the charts. But right at that moment, he comes flying back and just runs into me. And he's like, will you marry me? And I'm like, what? <laughs> like, 
We're like, what? And he just throws this ringer on my middle finger. No, no, no clue like where it's supposed to go. And of course, I, you know, I say yes. And we fall to the ground and we're crying. We're rolling around. And it was just this amazing oh thing. God. Yeah. So in, and so what happened with him was, you know, he's just in this moment and he was like, this is it. This is the time I'm going to ask her to marry me. This is it. This is it. So he ran yeah. off because he had to find a ring. So he's like, I, you know, so he's running back and forth. And he said, he looked up and there, was the way he said he's like there was his mama because you know we're all mamas back then you know this mama she's mm-hmm. sitting on this back uh, up there and he said there was just this ring glowing on her finger and he's like I ran up to her and it was a just a turquoise you know probably ten dollar ring nothing you know nothing crazy and he's like yeah you know would you kick this down to me if it meant making you know a fellow mom you know another mama happy for the rest of their life and she's like of course and he's like thank you and he got the turquoise ring and he came running back and asked me to marry him and that's how that oh happened. my god I know well, you know, and to think about like that time in our lives, like, you know, just looking back at those years, you know, we were, like I said earlier, kind of, we were just, we were young adults, we were finishing school, we were figuring out like who we were going to be. And I feel like the music is something that gave us a place to feel like, oh, this, like, this is what I want to be a part of. This is who I am. And yes. it taught us like the values that even now have shaped our lives. But in those formative years, it was like, this is what I want to hold on to. This is what life is all about. Oh, you know, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Woo, I just got chills. Yep. yep. Yeah. And mm-hmm. I just, I think, you know, I, I, I envy people who had that kind of freedom and, you know, did tour from city to city. I mean, now I feel like as an adult where, you know, when, when a tour is announced and we can, try to figure out things like, okay, we can hit all of these shows in this area and jump on. And, you know, that feeling of like being on the road and going somewhere new and having a new experience, but then being surrounded by all of these people who share like the same passion. It's just, there's, there's really nothing quite like it. No, no. And we all grew up together and I know that the band, the band feels the same way and it's just such a unique, mm-hmm. special special thing that that for for us and and it's one of those things like regardless of whether or not you were able to do the full tour or not there was you know just just being a part of it and having it be part of like who we are and yeah you're right instilling those values of of family and community and and Mm -hmm. all of that yeah no it's uh it's it's pretty great and and you know it's like so you know rolling into uh you know i got we didn't go to pennsylvania i got shot out of darien but again not not remembering details of things except for so for the great one we didn't have tickets and what i do remember is us hiding in the back of our truck somebody else driving it in and (laughs) hiding in the back of the truck underneath all the crap with the dog for how long i don't know no phones oh my gosh yeah just like but didn't even think freaking twice about it, you know, <laughs> like, right. you know, and just getting in there. And I remember at one point we actually Caspian got lost and we were so, we were like, oh, like Caspian was lost for a long time. And like, he had been on tour the whole time. He was super easy, like all of that. And I remember finally being like, well, fuck it. Like maybe he went towards the venue. And so we turned around and there was a big field in between like the, um, where the actual show was and where the parking lot was. And, you know, we turn around and just as, as we get gave up I look over because the show had started and there there's Caspian running towards the concert and he's just like well fuck it they must be in there just the same way we were and I'm like Caspian he turns around he's like oh there you assholes are like what the fuck you know it's like 
so funny. I know, I know. Um, but yeah, I mean, I just, you know, it's near and dear and, and, uh, you know, I'm really looking forward to having, uh, you know, listening to, um, our guests who called in tonight. We've got Brando from Cash or Trade, uh, to share his story and to talk about what's going on with Cash or Trade right now, um, which has been hit pretty bad. And, uh, also Kristen Wells, who's got a great story, um, of, uh, European summer tour, which I, you know, it's something I forgot about, but I almost forgot about. Um, we had a bunch of other people that wanted to tell stories, and quite honestly, might just get in here and and uh, and do another one, just because there's there's so many to 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 go around, you know. Absolutely, yeah. absolutely. So we are going to take a quick break, and we'll be right back with Brando Rich from Cash or Trade. And welcome back. And our first guest that we have calling in to share his summer of 97 story is Brando Rich, who started Cash or Trade. Welcome, Brando. Welcome. Thank you. Yeah. And uh, Brando, we've got Mary on here, who's our co-host as well. Who I was you know, mentioning before that she's the one who got me into this whole thing. So... <laughs> Nice. Yeah. So um, it's interesting. So uh, Brando, when I was uh, about to call you, I, I said like as I was on the phone with you, it just kind of hit me like a ton of bricks about holy shit, cash a trade. Like what is going on with you guys and how much this must be affecting you. So I definitely wanted to, before we even get into the summer 97, I want to give you a chance to sort of talk about what's happening with cash or trade. And if there's anything as fans we can do or anything you've got going on um, that we should be turned on to or anything like that. So. Cool. Yeah. Thanks. Um, appreciate you having me. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. Crazy hard times. Mm-hmm. Right. Um, we knew it was coming as, you know, once quarantine began for everyone and we were just sort of waiting for the ax to fall for all the cancellations. Mm-hmm. And um, we had dealt with this a little bit on a small scale um, um, with the Dick's camping passes the previous summer. Oh, I'll train so, back there. Yeah, so we built in... Um, we built in a, a, a program uh, basically to help manage such refunds and cancellations in the future. Mm-hmm. Um, however, we did not realize it was going to be entire tours for every single band that ever existed oh, all God. at once. Yeah. Um, so it was a, you know, a, a shocking moment, but um, we, we geared up for it. And, um, you know, the, I guess the hardest struggle is, you know, like so many, uh, trying to maintain a float with the business and keep people employed when there's absolutely no revenue from all the events being canceled and, and, and no real hope. Yeah. Mm. <laughs> yeah. And thousands and thousands of payments that need to be refunded. Um, and to sort of add to the whole complication of it, um, we built a, a really good and solid refund policy. We talked with a number of ticket companies as well as band management and um, devised a nice plan, uh, built the program around it. 
Um, and then soon thereafter, um, we found that not only ticket companies were sort of modifying their own policies mm -hmm. along the way, but uh, some venues were making their own decisions of how they were uh. going to do their refunds as well. Mm. Um, so that just threw an entire wrench into the mix. Um, now making like certain venues and certain events are not providing refunds oh, and man. only providing like anything from vouchers or just um, saying that, hey, your tickets are still valid because the event's postponed, but not providing a postponed date. Oh. Um, and Ticketmaster, you know, got, and not just Ticketmaster, but AEG and a bunch of other big names, um, you know, sort of went under the gun with Congress because they had changed their policy midstream mm. around um, needing to provide refunds for postponed events. And, um, you know, then Congress was like, you, ha you have to uh, offer a window. So they came up with a 30-day um window for people to request uh refunds from the primary ticket companies for postponed events which nobody has any idea what day it is ever so <laughs> that that in itself is like 30 days and everybody's like what day is it <laughs> yeah, yeah and it needs to be 30 days from like when they announce um mm. the cancellation which all bands are announcing cancellations at different times mm -hmm. um so it's quite confusing and convoluted um but we've been trying our best to we put out a number of blog posts a number of emails um and just for the record while i'm on your show yeah. i'll just uh date sort of the policy is um when an event gets marked as canceled or postponed we mark it in the capture trade system at that time a thread gets pushed in to all the trades on the system saying hey Here's our policy, and here's two buttons to click. If you're a buyer, you can click a button to request a refund, and if you're a seller, you can click a button to accept it. Mm. <clears throat> Once both the buyer and the seller do that, we process the refund. Um, that has been smooth. Good. Um, thankfully. Uh, where it gets a little bit hairier is um, you know, postponed events, the ticket is still valid. So technically, it shouldn't be refunded. Mm. They could still go to the show, and you still have a valid ticket that you could even sell. Yeah. And yeah. we kind of upped the ante and said anyone who sells a uh, you know, fish ticket on cash or trade will be entered into a lottery to win uh, two tickets to any show of their choice mm. in 2021. Great. Um, but if you want to request a refund, mm -hmm. you should certainly be able to do that and click the button in the thread to ask that of the seller. Um, but the seller shouldn't feel obligated necessarily. Um, they still have the valid ticket, or the seller should still deliver the ticket when it's received, and all trades act as normal. Sure. Um, but if the buyer does request the refund, hey, seller, hop on Ticketmaster or whatever, click the button, request a refund, and they'll get their refund, then they could click the button in cash or trade, and we'll get the buyer the refund. Gotcha. gotcha. So that's uh, try what we're trying to do. Um, and then when canceled events are a bit different, everyone should be getting refunds for a canceled event. Mm -hmm. um, 
struggle there is that we're just waiting for Ticketmaster and the other big companies or primary ticket companies to refund all those canceled events. Yeah, yeah. And so just we just kind of rounded the bend where we're trying to say, all right, folks, it's been over 30 days for some of these events. And we're starting to, you know, push the sellers to take the steps or charge the cards so we could refund the buyer. Um, and that's sort of the next step that we're just getting into. Yeah. Um, so we just want to alert everyone out there that, you know, if don't hesitate on this, the window for postponed events is only 30 days. So if you want a refund, you need to act in cash or trade so the seller can get you a refund. Gotcha. Um, for canceled events, if it's been over 30 days since they announced the cancellation, uh, pay attention because we'll be starting to refund those buyers at a certain time. If we've already paid out a seller, we'll be charging the card so we could refund the buyer. God, seriously, it was like one of those, my grandma, bless your heart, because holy <laughs> shit. <laughs> yeah. That's a lot. Now, it's... is there, are there anybody still selling, like, um, that, you know, I see, you know, on my end, because I use cash <laughs> trade all the time, like pretty, because I'm never, I never have the money right when tickets go on sale. So I'm always scrapping, you know, putting this down together, that one together. And like, so I would be going into, um, you know, the Hershey Park, which is going to be my birthday weekend. And pretty much that one, maybe Atlantic City would be the only ones I was going to be able to do this summer anyway. So. Um, so I, I mean, in theory, I'm still looking for tickets to 2021. So are there still people selling, uh, people selling tickets for, um, that they have or whatnot? Is there anything still on sale for next year? There have been some people selling them, um, and some people looking for trades and we hope to see more of that. I okay. mean, Great. tickets are still valid for a lot of these people. And I think what we've seen is the majority of, of people seem to uh, not be clicking the button and holding on to their tickets. Um, I know myself, you know, I'm holding on to my tickets for 2021. Oh, I yeah. want to go to those shows. Mm -hmm. um, but, you know, if you want the money now, it's a hard time for everyone. Um, you could either request the refund for cash trade or you could sell it will enter you into that game um, or attend the event. Yeah. Yeah. Um, because for fish, they're postponed events. So it falls into that category. Mm. Um, yeah. The only other thing I'll mention is mm -hmm. as Ticketmaster and some of these companies, things keep changing. You know, I feel like there's a bit of a bottleneck uh, there that um, people are encountering. And we recently found out that, um, if you have an electronically transferred ticket, uh, please transfer that back to the seller and communicate about that in the cash or trade message. Hello? And then that way those people could, um, get their refund and because they need the tickets in their account in order to get it. In order to get it. Gotcha. So, so Brando, I mean, there's just a lot of moving pieces to this and, you know, I mean, I think, you know, our little hippie world of sorts, but I mean, you're dealing with, you know, everybody from Taylor Swift to, you know, all the teeny bopper things and, and this and that. And so, I mean, do you find generally speaking, um, you know, I like to think our community is kind hearted and all of that kind of stuff. Is there different, uh, you know, dealing with different types of musical communities? Do you find some are, 
harder to deal with than others? Or is it generally speaking, just, it just depends on the person and really isn't a type of community versus, versus not. Um, I would say it's touch and go. I mean, thankfully this is a hard time and I think most people realize that. And so far I would say most people have been very understanding Mm -hmm. and, um, you know, and pretty courteous to one another as well as courteous to us about the process. Um, you know, it's not all that simple and people are expecting it to be cut and dry and it's just not. Mm. Um, and it's not that way because of us. Um, you know, I would like to accept more fault in the situation, but to be honest, uh, if policies have stayed strict from the beginning and Mm. were clear, then us as a secondary market company, as well as others, could have also followed along. Um, Mm. but instead we're, we're scrambling a bit to keep up with changing policies and different venues and different choices along the way. Mm. Mm -hmm. Um, so that's made it a little more difficult. Um, I think like the two things that's that were most recently askew was the fact that you if you have an e-ticket, you have to transfer it back in order for the seller to get the refund from the primary ticket company. Mm. And the second one was that at first we were told that um, Ticketmaster was providing all tickets in, in late June of this year. Mm. Mm-hmm. And uh, some people, some sellers were still waiting to be paid out from our escrow service once they delivered the tickets. Um, but then we found out that, uh, both those tickets as well as fish tickets by mail are not going to be delivered until next year. So so many, that made it more. Yeah. So that made it more difficult because, you know, if a seller doesn't want to wait to get their money, um, I think everyone can understand there. And then the seller really needs to, um, to push for the refund and the buyer kind of loses the choice in that case. Gotcha. Gotcha. Well, I will say so. So on a lighter note, um, Brando uh, uh, responded to one of my calls to action. I kind of put it out there on Twitter and Instagram and um, on Facebook to because I was very inspired as I feel like a lot of people kind of got really excited about this last Fish's Dinner in a movie where they were able to find a I guess it wouldn't have been a webcast back then, (laughs) but it would have been. You know, they recorded it really well, which is pretty impressive back then. But of the opening night of summer of 97, which um, that in itself was just, you know, I feel like the heydays of the, you know, those early, you know, straight up hippie, hippie times of sorts. And uh, and so I. You know, that that night for dinner and a movie, I pulled out my old box and I found my old uh, patchwork hippie dress and uh, my hemp necklaces. And I found two of the three of the parts for my um, my devil sticks, which I was very disappointed not to find the other one. <laughs> mm-hmm. But damn good devil stick girl. Anyway. Uh, and so, yes, yeah, so I put a call out for people's uh, tour stories. And uh, Brando, you uh, I asked for people to write about 10, 10 words and use the hashtag uh, female97. Um, and so you had put your things in, and I, I think the big 
your one of your uh, uh, words was about the veggie burritos, which um, I have a feeling that we were rivals on lot because I, <laughs> I had a mean bean burrito. I didn't really have a mean burrito. It was actually really bad, but they sold really well. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Nice. So, so, um, I guess, you know, I would start with like, what was your first, um, like what was your first fish show? And then if we can run right into, you know, you went, you did the gorge through the great went. So if we want to jump right in there and, and, um, yeah, tell us all about it. Cool. Uh, first fish show, May 8th, 1993 UNH field house, um, over New Hampshire. Um, Ooh, no way. Yeah, that was, that was a good year, 93. Mm -hmm. Um, yeah, my sister was listening to fish a little bit before I was. Um, and, uh, you know, I remember hearing about them and then some of my friends were starting to listen to them and I didn't really know of them too much at the time. And, um, I actually, you know, I was kind of late to the game. I went to go buy the tickets and they were all sold out. So, uh, I was one of the people who bought a scalped ticket at mm -hmm. a ticket broker, like a like a travel agent, you know, brick and mortar store. <laughs> You'd go in and sit down behind the guy's desk and, you know, and he would like, you know, he sold me two tickets at the time. They were eighteen dollars and seventy five cents. Uh -huh. I think uh, I, I was doing really well teaching karate at the time and <laughs> and tickets were 50 bucks a piece. Uh so that was my first thing. I was like, well, okay, fine. But, you know, that was the, my experience of tickets and scalping uh, right out of the gates. Yeah, yeah. Um, and what was the date for that again? It was 93. What date? Uh, May 8th. You know what? I'll say May of 93 is hands down one of my favorite, favorite uh, months of fish. I think it was favorite. Mm. Ugh on point yeah. <laughs> yeah i mean i didn't realize it at the time but wow that set list was amazing mm -hmm. um and then we did a few like other shows throughout the summer like i think there was Lollapalooza and like horde tour mm -hmm. and we went down to go see the grateful dead at boston garden um we actually it was like a tough time at home we ran away from home and slept under a bridge in boston mm -hmm. and like did the dead for a couple nights and then we finished the year at uh worcester centrum fish ah. and by far by far the best show ever played mary that was your uh, first show uh 93 was that 93 93 94 yep yeah that was my first show oh nice yep the Wonderful yeah time. I mean, it was just, you know, like, I don't know how, I don't really think they packed a venue that, that large yet, you know, and it was just, um, it was off the wall and the amount of energy and it was one song to the next. There was just like barely any breaks. Um, anyway. So were you living in, in, so UNH was your first, were you living in this, in this, uh, and because I'm actually, I'm in Dover, New Hampshire right now. This is my, where my studio, my studio is. So are, were you nice. living right around here? Yeah. I grew up in Hollis, so around the corner, mm, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. hour or so next to Nashua. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, so we just drew, drove up for that. And, um, you know, Worcester Centrum was easy to get to. So. Mm -hmm. so it was a good spot. You started summer 97 in the gorge then. Were you living out west or did you fly out there and then come back or drive out and come back? So, um, you know, we had 
always wanted to go on tour. My sister did the full tour in 94, I believe. And, um, you know, we were just waiting for the moment. And then 96, after we graduated uh, high school, um, a bunch of my friends hit the road. And that was our plan. Uh, but my father was sick and had a liver transplant that summer. So mm-hmm. we decided to stay home and not do that. Mm-hmm. Uh, so 97 came, he was better. And we were like, we're doing this. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so we bought a van, uh, kind of outfitted the van, uh, rigged it up for like a folding out table. And we built the boxes to store everything to build veggie burritos, all the bowls and utensils and everything. Um, and then we headed out west, and the plan was to – we contemplated doing the whole tour, but we really wanted to get some time in the woods. Um, so we went out west, and we climbed a couple of the highest peaks in Wyoming mm. with a buddy. And um, that was just amazing. And then uh, headed straight out to the gorge after that. And um, we actually arrived at the gorge a night early. Mm-hmm. And – we like made the burritos close by. Um, so we weren't actually at the venue yet mm-hmm. and um, had them already wrapped up in the cooler, ready to go. And we pulled in and didn't realize we were a night early. And <laughs> oh man, iced tea was playing. <laughs> and it was you quite interesting. Iced tea lot. What? <laughs> to have 50 veggie burritos. <laughs> That we had to sell to the iced tea crowd. <laughs> so we went out there with our headlamps. This is our first time swinging, you know, swinging food on lot. Sure. So we didn't fully know what we were getting into. And, um, you know, uh, everyone was, you know, wanting hot food, meat. Yeah. You know, they didn't want cold veggie burritos. Yeah. Uh, but somehow people were hungry enough that we were able to get rid of them all. Um, and, you know, slept in the van that night and we were ready for the gorge the next day. So and did you say that you did end up selling them or you did not? No, we sold them. Oh, you did. You did. Now, now what yeah. was the response? Because I'm assuming you guys had the uh, fish tour 97 uh, um, uniform on. Yeah, yeah. People, people were just people were hungry, and they would buy anything we had. uh, But once they got it in their hand, and they realized it wasn't meat and that it wasn't hot, they were like, "What is this?" You know. And I, I just like kind of turned the corner and sneak behind a car and like sell the next one. So, so what was your recipe? That's what I want to know. Um, so we just kind of, it was kind of like a salad in a burrito, really. Um, you know, we we did some beans as a base and some rice, but then we did, um, you know, it was just like chopped up, chopped up like lettuce, carrots and, um, you know, things like that. And it was, it was okay if you needed some sustenance, but yeah, it wasn't an amazing burrito. No, no, I hear (laughs) you. Yeah. We had a song and a dance and ours were canned beans, corn, and this, they call it Guadalupe sauce but now i feel like they couldn't call it like it's probably not the most politically correct name and so now it's just called fajita sauce it's like near mm-hmm. i know some some brand i actually found a bottle of it the other day i was like i need to make burritos but they were cold nice. and they were wrapped up in freaking tinfoil in our backpack and just what the fuck <laughs> yeah i mean it was they were three bucks yeah yeah, yeah. Know, <laughs> like, uh, i don't know you know 
lot lot prices are a lot different today. You know? Oh sure, yeah, mine were two bucks each. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, somehow got around the country on them, you know. <laughs> mm-hmm. So from the totally. yeah yeah so from the gorge, the shows went to Missouri and uh, Tinley Park, Illinois, Alpine Valley, Deer Creek, Star Lake. Uh, Darian and the Great Went. So you guys, mm. uh, you you went on from there, and and uh, yeah, yeah, it was an amazing time. I mean, you know, once you started asking me about this and saw that post, I, it sort of started reminiscing, and you know, it just doesn't feel like I mean, tourists changed right mm-hmm. in a lot of ways, um, but. Um, Sure, things are more expensive, but at the same time, um, I, I just kind of feel like people just do hotels along the way. Mm. Right. Mm-hmm. And I mean, geez, I mean, I don't know what they're selling, but I think people just save up and they go on tour and there's a lot less swinging than there used to be. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, we didn't stay in any hotels. It was like, you know, the from either sleeping stop. in the van. Yeah. yeah. And you'd show up at those rest stops, man. And they were a party. Yeah. <laughs> and er- people are just sleeping on picnic tables and, you know, throwing their tents out and, um, like it was and whatever. We just took it over. This is our house now. Yep. <laughs> yeah. Uh, totally, totally different thing. You know, I mean, I know myself, it's uh, doing like a string of four or six shows or something. I mean, I'm playing ahead now. It's all hotels. <sighs> so, yeah, uh, you yeah. know, that, that was fun back then. And, you know, the different campgrounds and stuff along the way, Deer Creek and, and stuff, you know, that was that was a big part of those shows mm-hmm. were hitting those campgrounds and well in deer creek back then i mean it was just you know i haven't been back there since since 97 and back then it was in, from what i've what i was told now is like there's almost like a little mini city wrapped around it now where back in the day it was all um all like cornfields and they would open up mm. their cornfields to us you know and we would all just camp out and we could rage it out you know yeah yeah, I mean, Deer Creek was, you know, I always heard about that from my friends as being like, you know, the spot. And I, the campgrounds had a lot to do with that. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Definitely. Do you have anything in particular that you uh, remember from The Great Went? Gosh, those, those shows or those festivals, whatever you want to call them. I mean, my gosh, you know, I, I hope... I mean, we, you know, we can't see that. That won't happen again. You know, mm-hmm. um, logistically, festivals have become quite an organized event and quite a business. Mm-hmm. You know, back then, these things didn't happen. Not at that scale. Mm-hmm. You right. know, and and gosh, like, you know, uh, all of those in Maine, as well as the Clifford Ball. Um, gosh, man, we just, it was three miles deep of cars, tents and party. Yeah. Yeah. There was no like, oh, you're in that lot and this lot. Like, no, the whole thing. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And I never, and I never even like thought twice about, about it. It didn't seem like, like, I didn't realize, especially the, you know, the very beginning of the whole thing. Like I didn't realize what a, 
we this is all like pioneers and we're new to this and whatever. We just okay, this is where we're going next. Like never crossed my mind. It's it's so funny how much I feel like, you know, all of us growing up with them and them figuring it out as we're figuring it out. Um, you know, afterward in retrospect, how much it was just this big part of all of us growing up together and and making, you know, troubleshooting and go from there and what works and what doesn't and how is this, you know, that that sort of thing. And uh Yeah. 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 Now do Yeah, you, it was mm-hmm. because of that, you know, it really added a lot more to the community of it. Mm-hmm. Um I think I think in retrospect, like sort of what we have now is social media. And that brings people together who didn't otherwise know each other before and prepare and talk and get ready to meet each other at a show. Um, There's not a lot of hanging out because people are in, they're going to the show. There's not a lot of talking with friends. You're focused on the show. Everybody's sitting in different seats. Nobody's walking around as much as they used to, or at least that's my feeling anyway. Mm -hmm. Um, People are like fighting for their good spot and they're like, you know, um, as like my friends in Vermont say, uh, we have this saying that there's no friends on a powder day. Mm-hmm. And that's like when you go snowboarding, it's just like, yeah, you might see a buddy at the mountain, but like you're, you're catching that fresh stash of powder no matter what, you know? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, and you, you know, so I feel like shows kind of get like that in some ways. I mean, we're definitely there to see friends, but um, you know, you get to your spot and you're, you're rooted a bit. And I just feel like back then there was a lot more community because of the, the, the camping and the struggle of show to show and the selling and swing, uh, swinging of goods. And if people needed things from each other, uh, there was more sympathy there. Mm-hmm. Um, or people were like helping each other get from city to city. Yes. And I think that this is this reason is why dogs worked on tour then. Like, mm. I just I just remember, you know, like if I like, ran out of food, then the two cars over would have the food or like who's going into the show? Who isn't? OK, let's like have like a little doggy date, you know, like daycare of sorts. And like everybody just kind of took care of each other. And those sense the doors were open more like, you know, Phoenix. I just like it was so hot. And we just left our doors open with our dogs tied. And we had like kind of like a, a sheet connected between the two doors of our cars. Because, I mean, what else are you going to mm. do? You know, but we were. Everybody else is doing the same thing, you know? And now it's like, are you kidding me? I cannot fathom bringing my dog to a show. It's crazy. Let mm. alone the whole summer. <laughs> you know? Totally. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Um, so do you have um, anything, because we're going to be wrapping up in just a minute here, so I want to know any any character in particular that you met along the lines Um uh, that you can remember that really stood out to you or like a specific funny thing that you witnessed from afar at a show that just blew your mind or one of those things? Uh, well, there's a lot of them. Yeah. <laughs> but um, but let me maybe say uh, the Gorge was impactful. It was my first time at the Gorge. And um, we picked up this kid along the way, patchworked out and stuff. Uh, really nice kid. But like he was just sort of on the road. He wasn't necessarily on the road to just see fish. He had traveled with the dead. He had you know, traveled with fish. And it was just really like a moment of like, all right, like a West Coast 
traveling dude who literally had no shoes. You know, oh. he was bare. He was barefoot. What was his name? He, Do you remember? Oh gosh, I, I'd have to ask Dusty. I forget his name, but he was the, he was a great guy. He, you know, he. I remember him telling us how excited he was that he asked. Uh, he was talking to some guy, and somebody flipped him a quarter, mm-hmm. and he like caught the quarter, and how thankful he was that the guy gave him a quarter. <laughs> And we were just like, whoa, so get on in. So he got in the van and headed up with us to the show and spent the weekend with us. And um, man, we just saw him like, you know, he he had some friends amongst the scene. Uh, At one, he he started with nothing, you know, at one point he ended up with a quarter pound of mushrooms, (laughs) helped like distribute them through a lot, had like hundreds of dollars in his hands. And by the end of the weekend, he was like back to square one. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and was like off to the next place. Full blown we lot walk. I love it. <laughs> yeah. I mean, total, total lot walk, but like not in life the sense, drifter. Yeah. 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 But not in the sense of like, you know, walks have a pretty rough connotation of yeah. somebody that you can't trust. Mm-hmm. And this kid was just, um, he was all heart, man. Um, it, it, we were just like blown away at seeing his lifestyle, you know, and and he was somebody you could trust and like he would care for you and literally take the shirt off of his back to give to somebody else. Yeah. Like he had nothing because he and knew that he would he, get the shirt at the next show or wherever, you know, it's like, <laughs> yeah, yeah. So it just, you know, my first time doing, uh, you know, a tour like that and traveling out west, um, you know, it was, gosh, I must have been 18 you know, and, yep. uh, it was just a, a big eye opener of like, okay, this is, this is what it's about. Yeah. You know, now are you, um, do you still go to shows with that same group of people that you did the tour with? Yeah. Yeah. Mm. That's um, awesome. I mean, mostly that was my bro. I mean, that was the tour back was just with dusty, mm-hmm. but, um, uh, we went hiking with a buddy and then he split off and we went to the gorge, but, um, you know, we have crew, um, who are doing their own tours, you know? So yeah, yeah, we've been seeing them along the way for years and, and yeah, like some, we know from different places, but some we met on tour that day and, uh, you know, even a handful of years go by before you bump into them at your next show and you reminisce together about, wow, remember back then when I first met you at the gorge, like Mm -hmm. we camped next to you. Yeah. Like, yeah. Yeah. It's a pretty beautiful um, thing. I just, um, I just had a neighbor move in and, um, just renting complete coincidence. And he is like a hardcore lot dude. And we've known each other for 10 years just from being on lot. And he's got a, a son that's the same age as my, my youngest. And, uh, it, it's beautiful how it was like, it, it, like I remember when I came around the corner for first because I knew I knew who he was. And then I came around like the corner to like meet, meet him, like welcome to the neighborhood. He's like, no fucking way it's you (laughs) You (laughs) and and we're immediately like family and that's it the kids play together we hang out we eat you know we do whatever and it's just i mean it's a beautiful thing like that it really is and it's very unique uh within you know the fish and i feel like grateful dead and and you know other communities i would imagine but just not as special as this, you know? <laughs> yeah. And there's, you know, there's a lot of this funny talk lately with the whole 1.0, 3.0 differences yeah. and stuff. And like, you know, 
it's all good. Yes. <laughs> <You know? laughs> we love it all, but it is nice for some of us who did it back then to sort of like reminisce about like, you know, this is what it was like mm-hmm. and this is how it was built, you know? Mm. It was built off of a a different premise in some ways than it is today. Um, there was just a lot more, I don't know, sense of being in it. And uh, it, I, I love every minute of it today, uh, you know, and it's mm-hmm. still amazing and everyone's lucky and, you know, grateful to uh, see those. Mm-hmm. But I am grateful that I was able to see some of those early days. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Um, well, Brando, thank you so much for calling in and sharing your story. And I'm so glad that we also had a chance for you to catch up listeners on what's going on with, um, with cash or trade, because, uh, you are a very integral part of our community and, um, it's been, you know, just for me personally, a huge help, uh, as far as being able to, you know, connect here and there and, you know, scrap up tickets where you can and, and that sort of thing. And, and, um, so we wish you the best of luck with any of that. And thank you. Thank you very much. Yeah. Yeah. We're happy to be a part of it. And it's, it's all of us together that make it what it is, what it is. Yes. Um, so as everyone contributes, you know, we like to think of cash or trade as, as that old lot scene that it used to be. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. So, well, maybe someday we need to have some sort of like old school, like burrito off or something like that, you know, in a lot <laughs> Sounds great. <laughs> All right. Well, thanks for joining us. Awesome. Thank you, guys. Really appreciate it. Bye-bye. Take care. All right. Take care. Bye-bye. back with our summer of 97 tour stories. So, you know, the, the other night when we listened to the opening night of, um, of summer tour, which I just, you know, immediately think Virginia beach opening night, but there was a, an entire European tour before that. And, uh, so, <clears throat> excuse me. So when I put out um, my call to action. Uh, I wasn't necessarily thinking about the European tour, but I'm really excited uh, that we have somebody calling in uh, with a story from that. So we want to welcome Kristen Willis. Hello. Hello. And it's Wills. Oh, Wills. Oh, my God. Do you know what? I did that when we first. <laughs> oh, God. It's, a, it, it's, it's a mistake everybody makes. It's kind of crazy. My My maiden name was really nutty and had 13 letters and two Z's and no one ever pronounced, <laughs> no one pronounced it. But uh-huh. then when I got married, people pronounce, try to pronounce my last name. And I thought I'd have it easier when I got married. But. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, it's a, it's a common mistake, but yeah. it's Wills. There we go. <laughs> Kristen Wills. So Kristen, welcome to Female Centrics. And you're on here with uh, myself, Donnie B and my co-host, Mary. Thank you. Thanks for inviting me. Mm-hmm. Glad to have you on the show. And, you know, before you start telling us about um, the European tour, I'd love a little kind of background info, like, you know, what your fan life was like before that. And I know you had, you know, mentioned that you went to Europe. And so was Europe something that was happening and fish was just kind of like part of the 
joy that you were going to be in Europe at the same time they were there? Oh, yeah. Yeah. No, I was, uh, I had been, um, my first show was in 94. Okay. And um, what? so which it was one? kind of, uh, it was uh, November 22nd, the Columbia, Missouri show mm-hmm. was on the campus of uh, University of Missouri, which was great. Mm-hmm. It, it's funny because I just re-listened to the show last night because it's on, you know, the Live Fish app. And I've heard it before, of course, multiple times, but I was like, I'm just going to listen to how crazy that was because honestly, that was, it was, it's a nutty show. And like, they blew my mind when I walked into, to see them at that night. Mm -hmm. I had been a dead fan and, um, I had kind of just gotten into the dead with my boyfriend and he's like, Hey, you really got to check out fish, you know? So he gives me tapes and, and then there's all this banter between the dead and fish and, you know, and he's Mm -hmm. like, no, Kristen, the fish fish is it. It's it, you know? Mm -hmm. And so then we go to a couple shows and that first show, just like that, it, I was sold. The energy was so, so big. The fans were intense, like, mm-hmm. <laughs> intense. And I had never experienced like this intensity and this energy. And the music was all over the place. I mean, they were, they were all over the place. Mm-hmm. Um, and they also like, they reached out and asked someone what song they wanted to play next. And you know, here's my, I'm thinking like, I'm sitting not at the venue is tiny, but I was, you know, way kind of in the back and I'm looking at this. I don't know if it was a girl or a guy who, who, you know, finally said Harry hood, I think. And like, I was like, Oh my gosh, the intensity of being that person. <laughs> right. <laughs> like with all these intense fans surrounding you, like telling you what to pick or whatever, you know, anyway, I walked out of that show and that was it. I was sold. I was like, and sinker. Oh, oh <laughs> totally, totally. And I got to go to St. Louis, which was the next night. So I grew up in the Midwest. So most of my shows up until Europe were, you know, centered around when I could go in, you know, on break from college. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So, but, but yeah, getting back to Europe, we had already planned, we were graduating college. So we had already planned like my girlfriend and I, Hey, let's, you know, save our money. Let's throw it on a credit card and let's go to Europe for six weeks, you know? Mm-hmm. And who knows when we started making those plans, but th- those plans were laid out before the Doniac Chavice arrived, you know, mm-hmm. in my mail- mailbox. <laughs> and then, and then of course the freak out started. <laughs> so yeah, that was kind of like surreal that like, Oh my God, they're going to be, they're going to be in Europe when we're in Europe, you know? Yeah. Right. So it, it's just interesting to think about like comparatively how things happen now. Like, when a, when a tour is announced and as adults, we have greater means and an ability to travel and get to things. And so you, you can plan accordingly, like how all these like Mexico shows have happened. And, you know, so people can kind of parlay a vacation into seeing fish. And so to think about when we were younger and, you know, the thought of going to Europe, for me, that whole tour is fascinating because... Mm-hmm. I'm just wondering how many fans in that age group were able to just be like, oh, my God, we're going, you know, mm-hmm. and versus people who are in Europe and who knew there were so many European fans, too. Right. <laughs> right. Right. Exactly. And I think like it had it not been my senior, you know, I had just graduated. So like had it been between my junior senior year. Well, I definitely wouldn't have because there's another backstory um, about breaking my ankles and meeting Mimi Fishman and all this stuff. But like, 
had I done it any other, had it come out any other summer, like even that the 90, I think they went back in 98. Mm-hmm. Right. And like, mm-hmm. I, I was working, I couldn't have done that. So it was kind of like, just everything fell into line to like, you know, allow us to, to go there. And so even good. now, I mean, I, I can't get to Mexico. I've got two kids and yeah. a husband. I have a husband who's like, you're spending how much on your vacation? <laughs> <laughs> Now, is he a fan? Is he a fan? Um, I would say no. I would say he appreciates their music, um, but he's not a fan as in a fan. No, he's not like me. He's not going to go into debt. (laughs) No, no. And he's not going to let me go to bring the family into debt either, (laughs) which is, it's kind of depressing, but you know, it's yeah, okay. yeah. It's, so, it's, so what was the lot scene like there? Like in comparison to, um, into what it was going, what was going on in the States? Cause in the States, I mean, you know, I've, I've mentioned this a few times on this episode here. It's just, you know, very uniformed and everybody kind of looked the same and did the same and all that kind of stuff. So did any of that sort of, you know, real hippie, uh, you know, the, the United States community and whatnot, was that like that in those lots or was it more, what was it like there? European hippies the same as the U S yes. Yes. (laughs) Right. It's funny that you asked that because like thinking back, so we went to four shows and besides Amsterdam, I don't really remember any sort of a scene mm-hmm. you know like a lot scene at all like Amsterdam was the one show that shit. there was a huge l- there was a huge line out front like in Prague that's you know we got backstage in Prague and we were like we got to the venue I remember bugging my friends and some other travelers that we had met like let's go you guys come on like I want to get there I want like I knew I had an opportunity to be up front which I had never been Mm -hmm. before and so I was like let's go and we get to the venue and there's like I don't know a handful of us and I was like whoa okay so then our next show was Amsterdam and I remember showing up at Amsterdam being like oh there's not going to be whoa where'd all these people come from (laughs) (laughs) were there patchwork boob curtains and any Um, of that kind of stuff there was definitely yeah I mean there there was a little you could definitely tell you know I mean like anywhere when we ascend on a town, you could kind of just tell. So, but like other than Amsterdam, I don't remember there being like any big type of a like lot scene. Mm-hmm. There, there was no nitrous mafia. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, no, it was, uh, it was, it was more of the uh, like, yeah, lot scene. There just wasn't a whole no. lot of it. It was so kind of like you, we were just in it. Yeah. So you did Amsterdam, Prague, and what were the other two shows? So the other two shows were Como, Italy. It was like Aunt Lake Como, and then Desenzano. And those were right back to back. And I think the Desenzano closed out the, the tour. So it was like Como and then Desenzano. And so the Prague show we got tickets to um i'm pretty sure through you know fish tickets by mail and mm-hmm. then uh, the amsterdam shows we didn't have a tickets to and so i had just texted my best friend back there she is one of my best friends you know but i was like hey what you know did we have tickets for what show did we have tickets for before we left and and i know we didn't have tickets for amsterdam because we left amsterdam and we smoked all our weed before we got on the train because we didn't th- <laughs> 
we didn't think we could bring it with us, you know? And so like we, and then we headed to Prague and then somehow somebody said, we got tickets for you. So we were like, oh, well, let's go back to Amsterdam. Yeah. We want to get some more weed anyway. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so like we went back to Amsterdam to see the show, you know, grab a bunch of, you know, cannabis and take it with us for the rest of our trip. Mm-hmm. So we, and then the Como show was a free show. Ooh. And that was actually on Lake Como. And I don't know if it was part of a festival. I don't remember like any sort of a major like American festival, you know, where you'd have a bunch of booths and artists and, you know, like, sure, right. I just remember like a stage and them in the middle of a park. It was wild. And that particular show was the only show that I was going to meet someone who was a fish friend um, from the States. And we had said, oh, you're going to Europe. I'm going to Europe, too. Oh, my gosh. Let's meet at the Como show. You know, yeah, like, let's yeah. meet. And like, and so it was like high noon, you know, because you had no way of contacting anybody. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah, Nobody no. had cell phones, nope. you know, <laughs> and the Internet. You couldn't even get go to an Internet cafe and get on like WhatsApp, you oh, know, no like I mean, yeah. every, everything was still like list boards and list server stuff. And so. It was high noon and we're at the train station, you know, like we planned to make sure we got there so that I could meet, be there at noon to meet my friend. And sure enough, like butter, like I see him and I'm like, oh my gosh, Josh, you know, this is crazy. But my best friend, as we're waiting at the train station, she sees one of her really, really, really good friends, I think from high school. And she flips out like he's a big fan. His friend is a big fan. And like they had no idea both of each other were in Europe. (laughs) That's awesome. That is awesome. Yeah. So, I mean, it really was crazy getting together or seeing this person that, you know, we saw who was a friend and she didn't know she was he was going to be there. And but so. So we ended up meeting friends in Lake Como, which was the free show, which was one of the shows that we had planned on going to. And this friend, Chris, I guess she uh, he uh, she reminded me of his name, um, said, you got to come to the next show with me like tomorrow night. You guys got to come, you know, It's and and uh, we're like, oh, OK, sure. You know, and he's like, I got tickets for you. I can find you tickets, blah, blah, blah. You need to come with us. And so um, so we end up going to Desenzano, which was like an hour, 45 minutes, two hours is what I mapped out. You know, we Mm -hmm. took the train there. So who knows? I don't, I think we stayed that night in the hotel after the show and then left in the morning. But this show in Desenzano was amazing. And if, if, um, if people have heard it, it's the sound check limbo show. Okay. So they do, they do a sound check. They play a sound check. It was a ticketed show, but I remember like walking down to the venue onto the beach. Like you walk down the stairs through some, through, you know, buildings and whatnot. And here you are. And here is this amazing, like tiny, tiny ass stage on the beach, you know, and you're just like, "This this is mind blowing. And and then they they start playing out of, you know, out of nowhere. Like we went and then like sound check is happening while we're right there. Uh huh. Wow. We're, yeah, we're, yeah. Yeah. We're just, and then they start inviting people up on stage to do the limbo. <laughs> what? <laughs> and people are singing. It was crazy. Like, and I know, you know, I'm thinking to myself, no, I ain't going up there. No way. I can't do the limbo. You know? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. 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 
I would embarrass myself. Like, I just, no, this is, you know. But then I, I can't remember if it was before sep- the sound check or after the sound check. But um, Trey and I don't know where the other band members were, but Trey was like swimming. <laughs> He's just like, <laughs> I think I sent you a picture. It's got like an arrow like pointing at him. I took okay. it from kind of. <laughs> far away you know and it's like trey's the white one you know who's like really really white yeah yeah, you know, yeah. People, are, people are like giving him sunscreen you know making sure he's <laughs> lathering up like dude you're gonna sunburn out here you know it was just so chill and it was so tiny like i don't remember how many people were there like probably 1200 you know Mm -hmm. I mean it was so it was so small and 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 then like they do this incredible sound check which is just tripping you out you're just like right there it's so tiny and then have this amazing set and then set break my girlfriend and I are hanging out with this other chick and we're just all hanging out chatting and up comes Gordon and he's just like hey whatever her name was you know hey what's going on and I was like whoa what's happening here like (laughs) yeah 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 it was just crazy it was like you know that like they had been taught you know then I think later she was like oh yeah I met him in the you know we met in the bar and we were having drinks this afternoon and (laughs) it was just it was just kind of crazy it was just all kind of nutty for Mm -hmm. sure so um and then that particular night like she comes he comes up to this girl and of course like I was like hey so what about a you know you enjoy myself later. <laughs> you know, like, can we get one of those? Like, how about YEM, you know? And sure enough, they play it second set. And I'm like, yeah! That's amazing. Oh, oh, that's you, me! Right? Yeah, you were the one. <laughs> I was like, that was me! That was my suggestion. I didn't have to yell it out. Right? Get, like, you know, and get all these intense fans, like, yelling at me for whatever song, you know? Yeah, they yeah, They played yeah. that last night, you know? <laughs> so, um, and then that particular night, we freaking slapped there. We slapped at the venue <laughs> on the beach. Like it was That's like amazing. it's mind blowing. I had to text my girlfriend today, and I was like, "We slept there, right?" <laughs> I was like, I'm like, I'm like, I think it was real, remember. right? It's like, yeah, like you know, waking up to the sunrise, like going, "Wow, sweet, nobody bothered us." Like, yeah, you know, because like you're traveling Europe, and everybody has their backpacks. You know, like you you're living in a backpack. And so, like, you, everybody's just got their backpack out. And, like, for this particular venue, you know, it was like, you're like, oh, my gosh, we're going to sleep on the beach. Is this safe? Is somebody going to, you know, but other, there were so many of us doing it that it was like, okay. Yeah. There's, like, probably, who knows? I can't estimate numbers. Maybe 100, you know, mm-hmm. maybe less, maybe 50. I don't know. I'd like to find someone else that went you know, sure like, did did you sleep on the beach that right? night that was really really cool <laughs> so yeah and I mean I vaguely remember like walking to the venue and like walking past a bar and being like oh shit I think that's Mike and Pete you know like I swear like yeah like yeah. I was heading to the venue and I passed the band members like you know hanging out in Europe or mm-hmm. you know in a bar or whatever near the venue so yeah, it was just the whole experience was unbelievable. So you unbelievable. Got, you got to go backstage in Prague, though, correct? 
Yes, I did. Yeah, so <laughs> because the pictures you sent me were pretty freaking awesome. <laughs> oh my gosh, right? Every time I look at that picture, I just smile because like, what a great, what a great moment. Okay, so if you're ready for the story, yes, I will share it. But it's kind of crazy. So we got to got to Prague, right? And I was like, we got to go. I want to get there early. I want to be up front. And so we get to the venue and it's literally like, a. it feels like a small venue here in Bend, Oregon, you know, mm-hmm, with like, mm-hmm. whatever, max thousand people, 500 people. And so, so we're like, right at the stage. We're like, right there. The stage is there. You can touch the stage. Mm-hmm. So we're right in the front. And during set break, I decide to write a note. Oh, nope, you're good. You need to. Nope, nope, okay. Mm-hmm. So right at set break, I decide to write a note. Uh-oh. I heard something on my nope. return to Discord. I, I got a, a warning on this thing. Can you guys hear nope, me? Yeah, we can hear you. We're good. We're good. We had uh, planned for like the, the certain amount of time, but just, yeah, just roll. It's cool. No. <laughs> okay. Okay, cool. So at in Prague, we're yep. right up front. And at Separate, I write Fishman a note. And it says, I met you last year um, at Red Rocks. I was in a wheelchair. Now I'm dancing on two feet. I got onto the stage. I put the note on the drum stool. <laughs> and I came back to my spot. And I'm like, wow, you know, like, okay, cool. And so then as they're coming back onto stage, like it stayed there the whole time during set break. And then as they're walking back or right before they come back, uh, you know, after set break, I see a crew crew person goes, grabs the note. And I'm just like, give this like, what <gasps> the F, you know, like, oh my gosh, like he was good about to see it. And this guy gives me this like, hold on, you know, yeah. facial expression and sure. just give me this like, hold on. And so then after the show, he comes up to me and he's like, tell him yourself. And he hands <gasps> me a backstage pass. Shut up. And, and I'm just like, oh, no way. Oh my God, this is awesome. And of course my girlfriend's kind of pissed because she's like, where's mine? I you only got one and da, da, da. And I'm like, girl, don't worry about it. We'll take it. You're coming with me. Yeah. And so it's a tiny venue. We go upstairs, I remember, to get backstage. We go past this one security dude sitting out front of like just, you know, kind of this back area. And and uh, I just, you know, kind of waved to him. He didn't speak. I don't know if he spoke English or not, but I just was like, you know, mentioned. I showed him the pass and mentioned, hey, her, me, we're going back there. And he just gives me a nod. I'm like, okay, cool. And so we get to a certain point and somebody... Uh, so we get to a certain point and we're standing out front of, I can't remember what it was like, just this bar area. And, mm-hmm. and out walks Fishman eating mm. pasta. He's got a bowl of pasta and he's like, Hey, we're, hi, how are you? You know, um, we'll be with you in just a minute. We'll come grab you in a sec. You know, we're going to finish up. Or was whatever. he in the movie? Like, he wasn't in the Moomoo. Uh-huh. No, he wasn't in the Moomoo. No. And I don't think he was in the Moomoo for that. I don't think so either that summer. Yeah. Tour. Yeah. Yeah. yeah mm-hmm. That summer. So, so he, but he's sitting there eating pasta. He's like, oh, okay, hold up. We'll be back. And so then not long after somebody brings us back there, he grabs us maybe. And we walk back. There's two rooms. We're hanging out in a room. We like set our stuff down and like Trey walks in and I'm like, oh, hi, you know, like, oh, yeah. God, I'm like 
starstruck and I'm young, right? I think I was 23. Uh-huh. And um, around the people around me, I felt like went to a lot more fish shows than I did, you know, like even though I went in 94, the fans, you know, ah, we're doing tense, right? Yeah, so yeah. I was just like, oh my God, I'm backstage. So, but he was the kindest, the nicest person. And he started asking us all these questions. He remembered that I was at Red Rocks the <gasps> year before in a wheelchair. And so we started talking about adversity and how it makes you a stronger person when you can overcome adversity. And he talked about, there was another uh, person at Red Rocks the year before who I had met who was in a wheelchair and he remembered that guy and mm. was like, yeah, he's, he's so like, easy to talk to. He really is. Oh, so easy to talk to. He even asked us like what we thought about the new songs. And I was like, Oh my God. Yeah. I was just like, Oh uh, yeah. You know, I think they're really going to jam out when you, you know, really, you know, <laughs> Like, I'm just like, they're going to be jam vehicles for sure. I mean, I don't know what yeah, right. I said, you know, like you can't answer that question. You're just like, uh, I feel inadequate. Um, and, so, and then he, uh, then we talked, there was a girl, there was a dad and a little girl on some shoulder uh, on, you know, girl on dad's shoulders at one point in the show. Mm-hmm. And Trey had mentioned like, yeah, he's like, I was worried about that little girl's hearing. She was getting up kind of close and, you know, I have two daughters now. And like, it was just, it was just so down to earth and awesome. And he made us feel like just super welcome. And then of course we were able to get our picture taken with him. And then we walked into another room and like, I think he maybe even have said, you know, come on over here. And I think there were drinks and maybe food and, and Fishman's like finishing his pasta or eating a second plate. I don't know. And uh, at some point I like hand the, the camera to whoever is across from Fishman. And I just wrap my arms around him <laughs> <laughs> and I get this person to take a picture of me. And then, you know, then, you know, come to find out like pages in the background, yeah. like scratching his head. <laughs> it was just crazy. It was just nuts. And we didn't hang out for too long. Like I can't, I don't really remember there being like, it didn't seem like a, it wasn't really like a big party scene. Sure. I did feel like there were some other girls there or something that maybe were used to being back there or, mm. you know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm, like maybe mm-hmm. friends of the band or something. And it was just, it was kind of like, I felt like, okay, I got my pictures taken. I got to talk to them, give them hugs and, you know, and my life is complete. (laughs) (laughs) I can die now. It's fine. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. Like I could totally die now. Now, So now go ahead. Well, I was just going to say now, every time I go to a show, I, I try, I am, I try to get up on the rail as much as I possibly can. That's another good episode, by the way. Oh yeah. Um, Rail riders. Oh yeah. (laughs) Yeah. I like to do it too. But anyway, I try to get up and I'm always like, Trey, you remember, don't you? Come on, give me the eyes. (laughs) Right here, buddy. Let's, you know, so no, it's. uh, Have you ever been able to reconnect with them about that moment at all? No, I Mm. tried once in, so I can't remember the year, uh, but it was the year that, oh, geez, who's the uh, rapper uh, that came out on? Jay-Z. 
99. Is that, yeah, it was mm-hmm. in Las Vegas. Oh, okay. Mm-hmm. Las Vegas show. Uh, oh, no, 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 nope, nope. Oh. That was um, Kid Rock. Kid Rock. Yes. Thank you. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. We discussed so that at- somewhat recently on an episode. Yep. Uh, yeah. So I was at that Kid Rock show and I was down as close as I could be. And I had like, I had blown up the picture of me and Trey and I like tried, <laughs> yes. just tried to get it on the stage or whatever. I totally failed. Uh. Um, so, but no, we've, we've never connected only just, you know, through like, oh yeah, you can see me dancing. Yeah. Well, and, and that's the thing he, you know, and I do feel like he knows, you know, he knows us, you know, like I met him for about 37 seconds once, not that I was counting, but, yeah. um, and, but I knew I was going to meet him beforehand because Mary had met him couple nights beforehand before the solo show so she she had given me the uh you know the info on how to do it and so I put together this whole collage of me and Trey front row which he had no idea that any of those pictures were being (laughs) taken and wrote him this whole letter (laughs) and gave it to him (laughs) so (laughs) I know right we're like super dorks but it's you know it's so it's so great It's, (laughs) it's yeah it's whatever I mean it's fun the year before in 1996 I actually like I actually met Fishman through his mom. Mm-hmm. So Mimi, Mimi Fishman, I was in a wheelchair. I had broken my ankles in July Yeesh. rock climbing oh. and still decided to go to the Red Rock show, have my boyfriend like drive my parents van so that I could travel in a wheelchair. And so I'm sitting there in the, like at Red Rock, the, um, uh, you know, yeah. handicapped yep. section, disabled section or mm-hmm. whatnot is up front. And so I was like, oh my gosh, like, this is great, you know? And I think the setup at the time was still where Fishman was right in front of like, you know, yeah, the right hand side. Right. Mm-hmm. And so like, I am just grooving in my wheelchair, just dancing as hard as I can on my top half. And this woman kept kind of bugging me. It's <laughs> like, oh, do you really like this band? And I was like, yes, like, you know, and she's like, she was just like, have you seen that? You know, like she kind of kept talking to me and I was like, what is going on? Can't she see? I am in my groove. Yeah. <laughs> and, then eventually, and then eventually she's like, that's my son. And I'm like, whoa, what? what? <laughs> you're a queen? <laughs> Hang on a second here. <laughs> I was just like, oh my gosh, you're kidding. And so then, at set break, she's she like leaves for set break and then she comes back and she's like, I'm gonna take you backstage after the show. <laughs> what? Yeah. Oh, oh my gosh, I shit you not. This woman rolls me backstage <laughs> and interrupts Fishman to introduce me. I was so embarrassed. <laughs> I was it was crazy honey honey you gotta meet this lady (laughs) my yeah yeah she's like you gotta meet my new friend Kristen (laughs) and I was like so bummed I didn't have a marker because I was in a wheelchair and I had two casts on my leg and I didn't have I didn't have a marker I didn't have a camera with me I didn't have anything you know but sure enough like Mimi rolls me back there my boyfriend pushes me down the down the ramp and and we go into the backstage and I, so that's kind of where the, yeah, that's why I wrote the note because I had met him the year before. Mm-hmm, so, mm-hmm. um, yeah, just 
wonderful, wonderful memories, right? Like awesome. They, awesome. they go on forever. I know, I know, I know. Well, I mean, that's the thing with with this podcast is one of the, one of the pieces is just telling tour stories because there are so many of us that have these really unique, exciting, interesting you know, weird ass situations that ha- that have happened to us. Uh, so, so Kristen, thank Kristen Wills. Thank you thank so you. much <laughs> uh, for calling in and sharing with us your, your uh, summer 97 Europe tour. Yeah, for sure. And I'm excited to try and connect with other people that were there if possible. Yeah. You know, like, I'm like, who was there? Yeah. You know, <laughs> right. Right. Well. Anyway. Yeah. Yeah. Awesome. Thanks for, uh, yeah. Thanks for letting me tell my story. I appreciate it. Fantastic. Thank you so much, Kristen. Yeah. All right. Cheers. Mm. Yes. Bye. So, you know, this this is one of those uh, podcast episodes that I feel like we could have a seven part series for. Maybe someday we will. You never know. <laughs> um, but I love that idea. I know. I know. There's so much of it. And just kind of goes along with our whole thing. Things are true that I forget the, you know, our tour stories uh, piece to it. Because, I mean, you and I have a lifetime, let alone all the thousands of other stories out there, you know. That's right. That's yeah. right. And and now that you know, kind of the summer that the music stood still. These mm-hmm. are the stories that that are going to carry us, you yeah. know, and and build that excitement for when life resumes. Absolutely. And the way that we remember it, if it ever gets there, hopefully yeah. it will. It will. It will. I know it will. And I just can't wait to see you again. <laughs> I sure. know. I know. We've got to make it happen. Yes. Damn yes. you, COVID. Yeah, I know. All right. Until then, <laughs> I am hoping that you and Justin definitely go down to uh, the Ave, pick up a couple of 40 ounces of Old English <laughs> and hit up Fort Phoenix. <laughs> oh, yeah. Absolutely. We'll have to make that part of our <laughs> uh, yeah so all right we just want to thank brando rich from casher trade and kristen wills for calling in to share their stories and mary thank you so much for hosting this with me this evening as always you're you're a doll thank you oh thank you so much it was great having a trip down memory lane and hearing these awesome stories yeah awesome all right. So um, Female Centrics is part of the Osiris Podcast Network, and we definitely have some things up and going. And I'm going to suggest for you guys to check out the Daily Drop, which is about a five-minute mini little podcast or announcement that RJB from Helping Friendly uh, Podcast has been putting out to let you know what is going on with all the podcasts within um, the Osiris Podcast Network. So thank Thank you, everyone, and I hope you're staying safe, wearing masks, and uh, you're finding joy in life. Peace.